Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Hello, my name is Claire. I was created in the image of God. I'm a grateful, recovering sexaholic. My sobriety date is Wednesday, July 3rd, 2002. I have a sponsor, and my sponsor has a sponsor. Um, I hope I'm going to get to talk a little bit more about sponsorship later, um, because whenever I talk, I usually like to talk about sponsorship. It's very important. All I'll say now is don't try to do it alone. Um, When I'm alone, I'm... I'm alone in my head. That's a dangerous place for me to be. And it's probably a dangerous place for all of us to be alone in our heads. So get a sponsor. Um, I, I want to share about um, what I've gotten from, from working program for so many years um, and for being sober. I, I'm, I'm a very different person than I was 20 years ago. And, and I like the person I am today. And I, don't want to ever go back to being the person I used to be. Um, so at the bottom of page 83 in the big book, um, the, at the beginning of a paragraph that talks that give, tells us the promises of working program. And, and I want to point out the promises come at the end of step nine. Um, we, we have to do the work um, or we don't get the promises. When I when I came into program, I thought, oh, 12 steps, how long can that take? I'll do them, I'll get through it, I'll, I'll be a normal person. So that doesn't happen, or it didn't happen for me, and I don't know anyone who it did happen for. Um, we get lots of wonderful things, but I have to keep working my program in order to keep them. Um, but there are promises that, that we get. When we work program, when I have gotten having work program, continuing to work program, and and I want to share about some of those things that my life has changed. Um, so it starts off. Um, uh, if we're painstaking about this phase of our development, we'll be amazed before we're halfway through. So it painstaking. It means taking pains. Um, getting getting going in program and, and working the steps can sometimes be very painful, um, which is another reason why we shouldn't be doing it alone. Um, and and there were a lot of painful memories for me and painful thoughts that came up when I was, especially in the beginning and and step one, step four, especially. Um, but. I, I had the help and support of my sponsor and of the fellowship, and, and I got through it, and the pain didn't kill me. Um, I think one of the problems I, I had in addiction is, you know, I can't tolerate pain. I don't want to tolerate pain. So I have to do something to alleviate the pain, no matter what. 
Um, and I learned that, you know what, I can tolerate pain. I can, I can move through it and I can get to the other side and, and I can do things to help me. I have the ability to do things to help myself. And, and that's something I learned in programs. Um, we're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. So uh, freedom, what kind of freedom? So I'm, I'm free today to not be afraid of my feelings. I can feel my feelings and I can share my feelings with people who I know, people who I trust, um, or people that I'm not pleased with. Um, we have a saying, you know, say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. I take that very, very seriously. Um, I do speak up when I feel I need to, but I, I try, and I, it seems like I've been success, very successful in, in saying what I have to say in as nice a way possible. And, and one of the bonuses of that is people are more willing to listen to what I have to say. And, and I'm willing to hear whatever feedback they want to give um, because by, by speaking nicely and, and clearly to people and not trying to play games and, and manipulate, so it creates a safe environment, um, safe for them and then safe for me. Um, a lot of misunderstandings that have, have been able to clear up um, just by being honest but careful with people. Um, you know, there's no need to be brutally honest, just honest. Um, and, and to, I spent, especially as a teenager, I spent a lot of time trying to be the person that I thought whoever I was with wanted me to be, you know, wearing that mask, whatever it was, whether it was a friend, whether it was someone I was dating, whether it was my parents, whoever it was, I, I just felt like I had to be what I imagined they wanted me to be. And, and most of the time that wasn't who I felt like I was. And, and I think that that had a lot to do with undermining my, my self-image, my self-esteem, my, my ability to, to find peace. Um, and, and obviously, I was uncomfortable, so I had to act out. Oh, yeah, boy, could I? No. Um, oh, also, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm playing different roles, so I have to remember the lies I told the different people and, and the persona. Oh, wait, this one has this persona and this one has that persona. And, oh, I told this one this and I told that one that. Very confusing, very complicated way to live. And, and I'm glad that that's not part of my life anymore. Um, we will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. Um, really? Well, it turns out, yeah, really. Um, I've made... I've made a lot of amends. Um, I confronted my fears, and and my my fear of owning my stuff, my fear of how people are going to judge me if I told them really whatever it was that I had to tell them. Um, I had an incident where early on, I, I I had this friend when I was in elementary school, sixth grade, fifth grade, whatever. And um, and I always felt superior to her. 
And I let her know it in lots of subtle and maybe some not so subtle ways. And when I got to making amends, um, I had lost touch with her, um, but I found her on the internet and I wound up writing her a letter. And, and I kind of poured my heart out to her and how bad I felt about the way I treated her when we were growing up and that I was really sorry about it. And, and she wrote me back. This was not my first amends, I want to say. But she wrote me back and she said, I'm glad you finally realized how bad you treated me. Um, I was not really expecting that. Um, my other amends had gone much better. But I felt clean. I, I, I'm, I was very surprised at how well I took that. Um, you know, I, I owned what I, what I felt was true. And she, she confirmed it was true. And um, it's up to her if she wants to forgive me or not. But I, I felt very clean that I had done my part and I had owned my stuff. Um, that, that was like really a big thing for me. Although, as I said, I'm very glad it wasn't my first amends. Um, we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. So serenity and sobriety are not the same thing. Early in sobriety, I may have told this at this meeting before, I don't remember, but I, um, I was complaining to my sponsor. You know, I had been sober for, I don't know, it was less than a year, but I had been sober for a number of months. And, um, and I was still very um, stressed, very uptight, very, um, I can't really think of the word, but, but not, I didn't feel serene, that's for sure. And I was complaining to my sponsor about it. And my sponsor said that I'm confusing sobriety. Sobriety means I'm sober. Serenity is something else. And, and please, God, we'll get to me. I'll get to it. But I don't expect to get there overnight. And I, um, I, I, I get, it helped me. That helped release me from, I don't know exactly what, but from unrealistic expectations. Um, you know, it's like, you know, I, you do something right. I do something right. And I want to see the result of that like, immediately. And it doesn't always happen that way. And I spent a lot of years becoming a sexaholic and, and acting out on being a sexaholic. And it's going to take a number of years for me to, to get to that place of serenity. And once I, I knew that or I was told that, and later in time I accepted that as a fact, um, I was much more relaxed about it. And sure enough, eventually, serenity caught up with me. So hang in there. Um, yeah, it is the road to serenity. Um, but they're not synonymous. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we'll see how our experience can benefit others. Um, so my, I don't often tell my story. Um, I have reasons for not wanting to tell it. Um, my sponsor agrees with me, but occasionally I tell my story. And when I'm talking one-on-one -on -one to people, I often tell parts of my story that I think are important for them personally to hear for whatever reason. And, um, and people, people can, can relate to that 
And especially, as we all know, there are not so many women in program. And when I'm when I'm talking to a potential newcomer who's a woman, um, so it makes it, it it makes her more relaxed, and and she doesn't feel like such a oddity. Um, so that alone is helpful. Um, uh, I made some notes here. Um, also, with my experiences in recovery, um, I often share that in meetings about difficult situations that I have encountered and then how I use program tools to help me get through it one way or another. And, and often people will come up to me after a meeting to talk to me about it and tell me something that they're related to specifically and, and how can I help them you know, work through it. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Most of the time, I, I will give people some some thoughts, but mostly I ask people, have you talked this over with your sponsor? And it amazes me how many people say no. I, I don't really get that. But to, talk to your sponsor. That that's That's always been my first line of defense against my disease. Talk to my sponsor. See what my sponsor has to say about it. I trust my sponsor. And, and I've let my sponsor into my life, that my sponsor knows who I am, knows my pitfalls, and, and is the best person to be able to help me. Uh, so talk to your sponsor. But by the same token, I talk to other people, other people talk to me, and, and hearing, hearing something else often helps a person along their path, um, whether it's the idea that oh, they thought they were terrible and then they heard something I did and that was way worse, so then they don't feel so bad. Or they hear what I've, I've done and and how I've gotten out of it and how I've gotten past it and they feel inspired. Uh, excuse me for saying so, but yeah, it's happened. And, um, and that certainly helps me and, and it gives me, gives me the, I don't know what the word is that I want, but it, it helps me to want to work my program even more. Even now, when I have so many good things that have come to me from program, it's still nice to get that extra little booster shot when, with, from other people. Uh, so I really appreciate it. And, and it's helping them. Um, so, yeah, not regret, regret the past. No wish to shut the door on it. Um, oh, no, we got past that. Um, will compromise the words ready and no peace. No matter how close, I lost my place. Sorry. Um, the feeling of uselessness and self pity will disappear. Um, yeah. Cause I know today, you know, we have the serenity prayer, accept the things we cannot change, change the things we can and know the difference. So, and there are a lot of things in the world that I, can't change. Not that I don't want to, but it's not within my my ability, not within the realm of my my jurisdiction to be able to change them. And I need to accept that. Um, but there's almost always something I can do, maybe indirectly. I can always talk to my higher power. I can ask my higher power for help, either for myself or for the person who needs it. Um, you know, 
living in Israel these days, um, for those of you who listen to the news, it's not such an easy thing. Um, there's been there's been war going on again, and um, and there's so many so many people at risk, and so many people who who are hurt either physically or emotionally, and and I can talk to my higher power about that, and I can. I, 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 most of these people I don't even know, but I can ask my higher power to help them. And, and, and I, I don't have to know exactly who they are or exactly what they're suffering from. But there are a lot of us here that need everyone's prayers these days. And, and I can, I, I, I can be part of that. Um, so I'm not useless. Um, and and self pity. Oh, you know, I, I, poor me, poor me, poor me, drink. But I I see that the the feelings of uselessness and self pity have been very much replaced by gratitude. When I'm feeling bad about something, I I my sponsor taught me look at my gratitude, and I have so many things to be grateful for. Um, I, um, a couple weeks ago, I, I tripped over a suitcase at the central bus station, central station, and, um, and I, and I fell and I was hurt very badly. I thank, thank God I did not break any bones, which I'm very grateful for. Um, but I, I was very, in a lot of pain and I was badly bruised. And, um, so people came to help me. It was very nice, and and I got up, and I was so grateful that I hadn't broken anything, and that I was able to get up and walk around, and 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 be okay. And I was grateful that, that there were people there who wanted to help me. And what happened was I tripped over a suitcase that some kid had. What kind of walked away from, and after I got up, he came over to me. Yeah, he was probably about eleven years old, and he 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 said he was so sorry, and and I thanked him for apologizing, and I was just so touched that that he you know he could I didn't know who it was I didn't know who suitcase that was like he he could have just disappeared I never would have known, and and he didn't and I was just so grateful for that and. You know, before I was talking about owning my stuff, well, why did I trip? Because I was busy. Instead of looking straight ahead where I was walking, I was looking up at the sign that said when the train was going to come. And I was trying to figure out, you know, if I had a long time to wait or not such a long time to wait and whatever, just getting myself organized in that way. And, and so I didn't see the suitcase sitting there in front of me. So that's why I tripped. And I had I have to own that. That it was my fault that I tripped. Yeah, the kid shouldn't have left his suitcase. Okay, fine. But I tripped because I wasn't watching where I was going. And you can believe that now when I'm out, I'm watching where I'm going. So I I've learned from that. Um and but again, I'm I'm I was just grateful. I was in so much pain and I wasn't really thinking so much about the pain. I was so grateful 
that there were people who helped me and the kid came to apologize and then the train came and I, I was just, I had all this gratitude. Um, also, I don't remember if I shared this last time I was at this meeting, but my mother recently passed away and um, she was almost 91 years old. She had a, a good, healthy life uh, most of her life and, and it wasn't it wasn't a surprise and it wasn't so traumatic. I mean, except that, you know, a person's parent dies, that's traumatic. But it wasn't more than that. And um, and I was talking to people who came to see me to, to pay their condolences. And I was saying, you know, about how grateful I was about the good family that I grew up in. And, and I was so grateful that my mother hadn't suffered hardly at all. And I was grateful that I have such a good relationship with my sister. And I was just, and I wasn't like trying to think about what I was saying. I was just, you know, in mourning for my mother. And I was just talking from my heart. And one of the visitors said to me, really? Okay, thank you. Um, one of the visitors said to me how she was so inspired that here I was, you know, in mourning for my mother. And, and, and I was just talking about all the gratitudes in my life. And and when she said it, I just thought to myself, yeah, well, you know, if you work program for 19 years, you'll have gratitudes too. Um, I don't have more gratitudes than somebody else. I'm just more in touch with those gratitudes. And that's, that's program. That is just absolutely program. Um, wow, I have a whole other page here that I didn't even get to. Um, Self-signals of the light, owning my part. I talked about fear. Oh, fear of people and economic insecurities will leave us. Fear, now pay attention closely to these words. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. It doesn't say economic insecurity will leave us. Just the fear of it. Um, which, what does that mean? Well, there's still economic insecurity. I still might have economic insecurity. I might, but I turn to my higher power for help. And, and I have all, all these tools for living that I've learned in the last almost 19 years that can help me deal with whatever comes my way. So I don't have to have fear. Um, and it's an amazing thing to live without fear. Um, I won't say without, to live with a lot less fear than I used to live with. Um, we intuit, we will intuitively know how to handle situations that used to baffle us. Um, as I'll just say quickly, I, I don't get that paralyzed feeling anymore. Something happens and, and I very quickly will go into problem solving mode and see what I can do about it. And I don't get this, I don't get into this, you know, kind of catatonic state where, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I guess I'll act out and then I'll feel better. Thank God. No. Um, suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. So that's what I've been talking about pretty much the whole time. Um, are these extravagant promises? We think not. I, I just have to talk about this. My time is up. Uh, I, I just have to say extravagant. That always bothered me because I think these are extravagant promises. I think they are very extravagant promises. So I looked it up in the dictionary and extravagant, according to Webster, Going beyond reasonable limits. Well, yeah, I think the promises are going beyond reasonable limits. And people talk about the miracle of program. Well, it really is a miracle. 
And I think they are extravagant promises. But in program, we can come to expect them. So I, I don't exactly know what Webster would have to say about that thought, but that's my thought. Um, uh, they're being fulfilled. They will materialize if we work for them. And I want to say that as time goes on, the work does get easier. It doesn't go away, and I can't forget about it. I'm an addict. I'm going to always be an addict. But I can choose to be an addict in recovery. And I am grateful to be an addict in recovery. Um, so I didn't get to talk too much about sponsorship, but I'll just say again, don't try to work program alone. Get a sponsor you trust, trust them, work with them, and move forward. And you can also get to happy, joyous, and free. Thank you very much for asking me to speak and for listening to me. And uh, thank you. Wow. First out of the shoot. Thank you very, very much, Claire. It was, uh, it was wonderful to, to hear you. Um, I'm a, a relatively new sponsor and new to sponsoring. And I've had three sponsees, two kind of disappeared into the ether and never to be heard from again. This, my third one seems to be working the program pretty well and, and, and on the right track. In a couple of minutes, or could you, what kind of um, do's and don'ts would you tell me as a new sponsor in, in terms of sponsorship? What, what are some things that you learned that definitely do this or definitely do not do that? What are some highlights that you could give us? Thank you. Um, so first, I want to say everything I know about sponsorship, I learned from my sponsor. Um, I've had the same sponsor for about 18 and a half years, um, and I'm really grateful. Um, people come and go. Unfortunately, not everybody who comes into program is really ready to work, to, to do what I do. They maybe want what I have, but they don't want to do what I do, and that's okay. If I haven't heard from somebody in maybe three weeks, I will give them a call. Um, and just to say, you know, hi, haven't heard from you. I'm wondering, uh, did you find a new sponsor? Um, which is okay. And they'll tell me either no. Usually if they find a new sponsor, they do tell me. Um, they'll say, no, program isn't for me. Or maybe they don't even pick up when I call. And okay, you know, that's, I, I can only do what I can do. I'm not responsible for their recovery. They're responsible for their recovery, and I'm responsible to help people who want my help. So I would say, you know, don't run after people, but you could give them a ring after after some time if you haven't heard from them. Um, I I encourage my my sponsors to to make phone calls, to make a lot of phone calls. I I tell them if they're people who are anyway okay with the phone, so I don't give them any particular. Um, I don't specify too much. If, they're, if, it's, if they tell me it's really hard for me to make phone calls, I tell them to call at least two people a day. And just the only thing is, whoever you call today doesn't count your phone call tomorrow. So then at least they get four people and, it doesn't, and they can't count me either. So then at least they have five people for a support group. And usually from there, they, they're able to open up more. Um, but I try not to scare people. Um, and, and I just try to, I try to empathize, empathize with people and, and just 
tell them all the good stuff that they do. Whatever good they did, I make a big deal about it um, and help them move on. So I hope that's helpful. Thanks, Claire. Thank you, Claire. Kawi, please go ahead. Thanks, Luke, and thanks uh, for the Barcelona meeting for doing the Easy Does It. I'm forever grateful. There's so much I get to learn. Um, Claire, thank you so much for your share. There's so much I want to ask, so I'm trying to narrow down my questions to day three. Um, the first thing, I like that you said um, you don't normally share your background, which I found interesting because most speakers usually share their backgrounds. But I'm just curious, um, did you ever do a step one inventory? And then oh. that's... Oh, you, sure. And I told it over in the group. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. okay. The second question is, how do you create our... Um, it like a balance between essay life and your normal life. Being in the program for 20 years, I can imagine that there's a lot of responsibility that you have at essay. So how do you create a balance with that? And then the other, the last question is also how do you create boundaries um, between your sponsor, your sponsees? How do you do that? Kali Sexaholic. Uh, thank you. Um, oh, I have a short memory these days. Um, oh, about being busy. So when I was new in program, I was very busy in program. I, I used to come to a minimum of five meetings a week. Um, I would be on the phone a lot. Um, I didn't have a life. I was a mess. I mean, a mess. Um, so... I let program take over my life and I needed program to take over my life. And, and as I gained sobriety, I was able to do different service positions and I was very busy doing all kinds of service positions. These days, I actually don't do so much um, service in that way. I have sponsors. I take a lot of phone calls. Um, I have, I've been recently, right now I'm not on intergroup, but I was on intergroup for um, a couple of um, cycles. Um, I've been secretary and I do things, but I, I don't, I, I go to, usually I only go to one or two meetings a week these days um, because in recovery I got a life and I get to live my life and that is so exciting. Um, but that came with time, that came with recovery until I had recovery. So I needed to, to just pour myself into working program. And that was fine. Um, and what was your last question? Boundaries between your sponsor oh. and your sponsors. Okay. So I, I don't have such strong boundaries. Um, when I first started working with my sponsor, um, we, my sponsor is of a different religion than I am. And my sponsor said, um, he, he's also, my sponsor's a guy. Because um, when I came into program, that, I, mean, I didn't have too much of a choice. Um, and he said that he's sure that my, I'm a religious woman. He said he's sure that my religion and my spirituality will fit very nicely in with the step work that we do. And he's not going to, you know, get too much into that aspect with me. 
because uh, we're coming from different places. And, and he was right. My spirituality fits very nicely into our work. Uh, the truth is, as time has gone on, we've gotten very much into spirituality because spirituality transcends religion. Um, every religion has, has their take on spirituality. And as human beings, we are all spiritual people. So there is, there is that um, overlap. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, as far as boundaries, so as I, like anybody, as I get to know people, so I'm more open with them and they're more open with me. Um, I, I, I'm very clear with sponsees. Um, I have a very haphazard schedule. I, I do a few interesting jobs and, um, and I, don't, I don't have a nine to five job, that's for sure. And, and I tell people that if you call, you have to know when, right away, the first thing when I talk to a, spon a potential sponsor, I tell them, if you call and I tell you that I'm busy right now, I can't talk. Usually I'll try to make an appointment with you right then and there for when I will be able to talk. But whether I do or whether I don't, you have to know beyond any shadow of a doubt. If I tell you I am busy and I can't talk now, what that really means is I'm busy and I can't talk now. It doesn't mean I'm mad at you. It doesn't mean I'm sorry that I'm sponsoring you. It doesn't mean that I don't think you're worth my time. It means I'm busy and I can't talk right now. And I make that really clear in the beginning because it happens. Um, as far as other boundaries, I, I don't really know what to say. As the relationships grow, whether it's with, the, with my sponsor or with my sponsees, um, as they grow, we become more intimate with each other. Um, that's just the reality of human relation. I think it's just the reality of human relation. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Uh, Aislinn? Hi, my name is Aislinn Sexholic. It's lovely to listen to you, Claire. I got a lot from you. I am finding intimacy incredibly painful. You know, I'm used to being intimate with porn stars and chat rooms and devices. And now it's going into this circumstances are changing. I got sober in the current circumstances. Saturday, I got my year and Sunday, I rang my sponsor saying, all right, I don't really need to speak to you every week and going carrying the message, <laughs> you know, because I'm going into that deeper, painful stuff and I want to run. I just want to work and do service and just shut off, you know. So I want to ask you, did you find it painful? You did mention pain. How did you, just about pain and learning to be intimate with your sponsor with that really kind of, yeah, the deeper level of stuff. I'm going to do my annual step four again this week and I feel I'm scared. It's like it's going to kill me because it's really getting down to deeper stuff. So just, yeah, pain and sponsorship and intimacy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually didn't really have that problem with my sponsor because I, as I worked with my sponsor, Slowly, I began to really trust him and, and to know him and to really, really know that he was looking out for my best interests. And, and so when things happened, I would talk to him right away. I didn't have to wait for step four to do it. Um, I may have shared this, but I, I remember, 
you know, sometimes I would be in a meeting or I would just be somewhere and I would say or do something that was really not appropriate. And I think to myself, oh, good thing my sponsor wasn't here to see that. And as soon as I would have that thought, the next thought that came into my mind was, ah, I have to call my sponsor as soon as I can, can get to a phone with some privacy and tell over what just happened because I'm as sick as my secrets. And and I really, I really have held on to that until today. I thank God it doesn't happen so much today, but um, I I really have let go of the idea of secrets. Um, as far as intimacy, again, that comes for me, intimacy comes with trust. And as I get to know people, my sponsor or whoever, um, I I become more intimate as I get to know and trust them. And as I see they get to know and trust me. If, if someone doesn't trust me, I'm suspect that maybe they're not so trustworthy themselves. And so then I, I will hold back. Um, but it's a person by person, you know, day by day experience for me. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. Nancy? Yeah, hi, Claire. Sexaholic. Um, I just wanted to thank you for sharing your experience. I want to thank you for being an example to other women in Israel that long-term sobriety is possible. Um, and I wanted to share that I'm praying, and I'm sure we're all praying for, for you and your family and your country. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, people with less than 30 days can also raise their hands. Uh, next one, Dorota. Yay. Um, well, first of all, Claire, thank you again so much for sharing. I mean, this is not the first time I'm hearing you talk, and every single time I always get those incredible little nuggets. And so you're just such an inspiration to me, and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience, your struggles, and everything that you've gone through over all these years being in a program. Um and the other thing I really want to say, I'm, I'm so sorry about your mom passing. This was when you said that in my heart just broke and I could feel your pain. So please know I'll be praying for you and that I, I'm, I'm there with you in spirit, not in person, but just want to support you in that. I know it's tough. Um, and of course, as everybody has already gone, they all asked my question. <laughs> so here I am like, okay, what do I ask? But since I do have a floor, I want to ask one thing. Again, in regards to sponsorship, um, I find myself, I have now multiple sponsees, five total, and I have a very demanding day job. On top of that, I work my program to the fullest. So every night, almost I'm in the meetings or working with sponsees. There's very little time left for myself. And I'm starting to really pray and discern that I probably should limit something, either timing or the sponsees. I don't want to do either. <laughs> but what would be your advice in regards to that? Um, I even had a thought on maybe working with my sponsees, sort of like in a small group setting where we all work at the same time, like have a meeting set up virtually where all of them are together because most of all but one are working pretty much the same step. So that was my thought, but I just don't know how... Well, could that work? Would that even be an issue with the confidentiality? I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Uh, thank you. Thank you for your thoughts. 
um, and your good wishes. Um, my way of working with sponsees is one-on-one. Um, I, there is, a, you know, like you're talking about like a more of a workshop setting, mm-hmm. and there is a place for that. But I feel like to really get um, get a person to where they need to go, I, I think it's a very individual thing. And even though we're working the same steps and I pretty much present it in the same way, um, people respond very differently. And then mm-hmm. and how people respond is what, okay, so then what's next? Um, so I feel like it's a very individualized thing. Um, I'm wondering if you've talked to your sponsor about this, um, which I probably need to do. Um, but my thought is to take on less sponsors. It's perfectly acceptable to tell someone, you know, thank you so much. I, I wish I could sponsor you, but I'm, I really don't have the time right now. Um, I often will say, if you really can't find someone else, you know, get back to me and then I'll try to see what I can do about that. But um, but I tell people no, because I'm I'm one person. And um, and I encourage my sponsors to sponsor. Great idea. Thank you. Yes, I did speak to my sponsor and she basically suggest, <laughs> suggest that limit the number of sponsees go to <laughs> Rota. So, um, but I just wanted to see if there's any way to get out of this because I just hate to come to people and say, you know, sorry, we've worked with each other for a while. Now it's time for me to let you go. Oh, that breaks my heart. But thank you so much for, for letting me know that. I can hear that. I, I just want to say, I I didn't necessarily say to drop the ones you have. I I was talking more in terms of don't yeah. take any more. If you yeah, have I have some, not been. If you yeah. have some that are really ready, you know, that could move on, um, for sure you can encourage them to move on. I'm not against it, but uh, it, saying no to begin with and saying goodbye, those are two different things, and I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Thank you both. Sona? Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Claire, for your great share. I'm calling from Iran. Uh, condolence first. Uh, my, uh, I had a question, then something else occurred. So uh, I uh, first uh, asked the second uh, thought. Uh, I have a problem. I want to see, do you have a solution for it when i want to share i can't focus on uh, others shares uh, i don't listen to them <laughs> maybe it's because i english is not my first language uh, okay so you can sim- have sympathy with me uh, i do have re- really this uh, problem i don't know what to do with it uh, i just can't uh, focus on others share and as harvey said once uh, if, uh, listening to shares, it's sort of meditation, and I'm losing this uh, great uh, buck of uh, meditations uh, when I want to share. So I decide not to share. Then, uh, then in the middle of the meeting, I feel I need to share. Okay, this is my first question, and the uh, uh, first one. Uh, you know, the, the promises in the big book about uh, disappearing self-seeking, disappearing self-pity, uselessness, uh, n- n- never seen in big book uh, that it go- goes 
back to the roots of these uh, feelings. Why this usefulness, uh, unusefulness is put into us? Why this self-seeking is put into us? Why uh, self-pity, why other feelings uh, exaggerated? Okay, thank you. That's all. Thank you. Um, I'll answer your, your last question first because it's an easier answer for me, which is, you know, our disease wants us to to go with our addiction, wants us to act out. So it um, it creates in us um, all these bad feelings. And I think I personally think that's what's going on. And and once we we're into our disease, so it's a um, you know it's a downward spiral, and and we just. It just feeds on itself. And I, I think that's where a lot of all that garbage comes from. Um, what was your first question again, briefly? I don't, I, I forgot. Yes, why, why, why I don't listen to shares when I want to uh, oh, okay, share. Right. Okay, <laughs> so I have I, share, yeah. When I really want it, when I have something that's really, I really feel like I need to share it. So I'm the first one to raise my hand when the room is open for sharing. Because I know I got to share this. If for whatever reason I don't get called on, which I have to admit, usually that doesn't happen because um, I see I'm so anxious. But if, or if I, for whatever reason, missed it and didn't raise my hand so quick. So I'll write down a couple words, just literally a couple words to remind me about what it is I want to share. And it takes it off my brain. I find in general, um, writing things down helps me to open up my mind to other things. Because until I write it down, it, there's a sense that I have to carry it in front of my head and I can't let it go. And, and as long as I'm doing that, then my mind is open to anything else. Once I write something down, I find my opportunity to say my sponsor is very big on fear and gratitude list. Um, and he, he said, I don't know why it works, but it does. And I've gone through some very challenging times. And I think it has something to do with the idea of taking it off my brain and being able to put it aside. I didn't forget about it, but I don't have to put all my energy into it. So maybe try that. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.